Welcome to the University of Wyoming Today. On this program, you'll hear about what's making the news and about the people and events at UW. You'll also learn about some of the leading research that's taking place at one of the region's top universities. And now, here's today's edition of the University of Wyoming Today. Hi, Jim Kearns with you. Today, we'll be looking at how Wyoming is affected by disappearing species, and also about the successful recovery of an iconic symbol of the American West. Scientists around the world are trying to figure out why some species of amphibians have been declining or even disappearing altogether. They've been around for 350 million years or so and managed to survive while other animals have become extinct. Scientists have been looking at such causes as fungus infections, loss of habitat, climate change, acid rain, you name it. University of Wyoming Ecosystem Science and Management Professor Melanie Murphy says such concern is warranted. When there's something wrong, when we're seeing loss of amphibians, that it's telling us that something's changed in the environment that is maybe not good for biodiversity in general. They breathe through their skin. Um, they have very permeable skin, and so they're sensitive to those changes in the environment. And so that's part of it. Uh, and the other part, that they're important to other organisms. And so it's important beyond them, which is very true. And so since uh, amphibians don't generate their own body heat, they're not using calories, they're not using their energy to keep themselves warm. And so they're very efficient at transferring energy through the ecosystem. So in addition to being an important food resource, they are also very efficient at being that food resource. So when we lose them from an ecosystem, it has potential to have even more impact than, say, losing field mice or something like that. And Professor Melanie Murphy says we're seeing some of this decline in the Rocky Mountains, too. High elevation amphibians in general seem to be very sensitive to population declines. We seem to be seeing a lot of it in those areas. We still have strong amphibian populations throughout a lot of Wyoming. And we'd really like to understand why that why that is. Part of it is that our ecosystems are just still relatively intact in Wyoming compared to other places. And so that's probably providing a lot of protection for our amphibian species. It's a harsh environment here. It's a hard place to exist and to make a living. And so it's likely that we have some very resilient populations of amphibians here because they've had to be to deal with how cold it can be that we have times where we have multiple years where it's very dry. This is not some place where you think of amphibians. You generally think of warm, tropical, sunny places um, and not cold, harsh, very short growing seasons. But amphibians do quite well in these very harsh environments. It's quite surprising. You don't have to look far to see the effects of this population decline. One of the world's most endangered species of amphibians is the Wyoming toad that can be found only in a small area of Albany County. We just heard that amphibians are doing relatively well in Wyoming, but there's another species that appears to be vanishing worldwide, 
the honeybee. To find out how Wyoming is affected, University of Wyoming entomologist Scott Shell checked in with the Wyoming Department of Agriculture. They had more uh, losses due to varroa mite infestations than they'd ever seen before in Wyoming. So certainly that's a major impact to someone who's in the business of doing that because then they don't have the colonies that they get paid for for the pollination services. As far as our crops, uh, you know, Wyoming is, is uh, not a, a real heavy producer of a lot of the pollinated crops on large scale. Certainly the specialty crop growers, things, uh, or people who are growing uh, cane berries and those types of things, they need to have good pollination services provided either by honeybees or native bees. And so coming up with uh, varieties of bees that uh, are able to deal with the, the pests themselves and also uh, looking at alternative methods of, of uh, management of the hives, whether it's uh, the way they're treated to prevent the pest populations from getting out of hand is going to be very important in the future. And entomologist Scott Shell says the plight of wild honeybees is a worldwide concern. One researcher out of Ohio State has essentially posited that the wild honeybees uh, are going to go extinct in the United States. The colonies can generally not last longer than three years without succumbing to varroa mites. In managed situations, you know, there's treatments that can be done to help the bees cope with varroa mites. And then there's also been development of bee uh, strains or varieties that have been exposed to the varroa mites for a much longer time or have been selected for traits that help them cope with the varroa mites uh, behaviorally. And they're looking at ways to ensure uh, healthier populations of bees, but also looking at alternative pollinators too as a way to ensure that the crops that need pollination services get it. The decline in honeybee populations in the United States and elsewhere could have some far-reaching implications for our agricultural food supply. You're listening to the University of Wyoming Today. I'm Jim Kearns. Well, not all species are disappearing. Temple Stollinger co-directs the Center for Law and Energy Resources at the University of Wyoming. She reminds us that the Yellowstone grizzly bear population has sufficiently recovered. Now there's a recommendation to have them removed from Endangered Species Act protection. What delisting means is that the total management of the species will transfer from the Fish and Wildlife Service, who currently oversees the species, because it is listed as threatened, um, and that will transfer over to the Wyoming Game and Fish Department. But you, you know, it's important to, to realize that Game and Fish hasn't been sitting on their laurels while the species has been overseen by the Fish and Wildlife Service. To the contrary, the Game and Fish has been really involved in the ongoing management of grizzly bears. So anytime there's an issue with a problem bear outside of Grand Teton National Park or outside of Yellowstone National Park, that's handled primarily by the Game and Fish. So I've heard a figure that Wyoming's actually spent $40 million on management of grizzly bears. Um, so it's not like the state's been inactive, um, but a delisting will mean that full authority over management will transfer to, to the states. 
By the way, the grizzly bear isn't the only time Wyoming has stepped up to take the lead to manage a threatened species. Temple Stollinger and UW agricultural economist Tex Taylor did an economic analysis of Wyoming's impact on sage-grouse management. Stollinger reminds us there was a proposal last fall to add sage-grouse to the endangered species list. We determined that um, sage-grouse habitat in the state contributes about $18 billion to Wyoming's economy. That's a 20-year figure. Um, and Wyoming's current management restrictions through the core area strategy have had an, an impact of almost $800 million on the state's economy, again, over that same 20-year period. And so that's, that's the impact that Wyoming has willfully taken in order to conserve the species. Um, but, but going back to the Endangered Species Act, if the sage-grouse were to be listed, that economic impact would be much greater than, than the $800 million figure we, we determined. In fact, we concluded that um, a listing would probably affect the state's economy anywhere between a $1 billion to $4 billion if the sage-grouse were to have been listed. But, but thankfully, we dodged that bullet in September, and the Fish and Wildlife Service decided not to list the sage-grouse. And where's all of this heading? In his capacity as chairman of the Western Governors Association, Governor Matt Mead is launching an initiative that will recommend possible changes to the endangered species list for the first time since Congress approved the act more than 40 years ago. I'm Jim Kearns, and that's it for my time. Thanks for yours. That's it for this time. Join us again for the next edition of the University of Wyoming Today.